Hello and welcome to the Peeps and Plaid podcast episode 2, the second straight episode of off-season discussion. Thank you so much for listening. Today we're going to talk about the top NBA players in the league and where the Blazers stand in those rankings. We'll discuss which players would have the biggest impact if they were to join the Blazers and we'll talk about the future of the NBA and the possibility of league expansion. Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brain spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens, though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven, so you can catch us on the road. Promise we ain't doing shows, so that means if you ain't with us, you ain't with us. That intro is from Ziggy Zay, it's called Evolve Interlude. Thank you, Ziggy Zay, you can find him on Spotify making some really good music he's from the portland area i'm christian gamaling and i'm austin caphammer and we are the peeps and plaid podcast uh, you can find us on twitter or on instagram and uh, soon to be we're going to get facebook back up and running peeps in plaid and that's p-e-e-p-s-i-n-p-l-a-i-d peeps and plaid find us on uh, social media follow us also anchor just allowed us to also have us listed on spotify as well as um, we're, we're on itunes google podcast so check us out if you if you listen to the you know joe rogan show or whatever on your drive to work if you're a blazers fan man this can take up a good 30 to 60 minutes of your time and kill some time at work or something but yeah we are now on all major um podcasting producing platforms so woohoo Awesome. So we're going to talk about the Blazers, and we are going to start off by talking about the NBA 100. It's a list that was put out. It lists the top 100 players in the NBA for the 2019 season, and it's the projections by Sports Illustrated. So there were actually four Blazers on that list, and those four are Damian Lillard at number 15, CJ McCollum at 33, Yusuf Nurkic at 64, and... Alfaruq Aminu at 81. So what do you think about those rankings, Austin? Yeah, um, well, you know, I would say for, for, for Dame getting getting first team, um, 15 is, eh, you know, I'm not, I, I'm kind of impartial to it just because if you look at, a lot of people are upset with that selection. Um, no, um, you know, slander towards Dame, but there were a lot of major injuries at, at the guard position. Uh, so which kind of you know didn't hurt his case so yeah maybe maybe dame is around that 15th mark cj um 33 i would say i would say that's probably appropriate um there i think there's a lot of players on other teams such as um the bucks or something you know you think of like chris middleton or just kind of these smaller market teams that just don't really uh haven't got a lot of attention um where there's you know there's players that are solid too, and CJ, even though he's a like a prolific scorer, he still has a lot to work on in, in terms of like playmaking and um, you know his defense. Like we, I think Dame definitely stepped up his defense. CJ's definitely going to have to improve that part of his game this off season. Um, but yeah, so Dame and CJ, I would say I'm I'm fairly satisfied with those rankings actually. Uh, Yusef was at 64. You said, yeah, he's 64. I think that that it's you know you know what makes it difficult it's it's because he we see flashes right like we see flashes of where he does where you're like where you're like 64 like he just put up 30 i mean even though it only happened a couple times like 30 points and 
blah blah blah. But he's solid on defense, man. He's and I didn't realize that um, until a friend told me that a season or two ago when we when we got him. I started kind of keeping an eye on it, and sometimes he's he is, in my opinion, a, a great rim defender, rim protector in, in the NBA. But at other times, he's just so inconsistent. So 64, I think, given his consistency, is I don't know how many times I've said that word, but um, I think it's I think it's fair. And then who was who was the fourth? Chief at 81. Chief at 81. I guess a hundred people is a lot of people, but my initial reaction is like, <laughs> yeah. my initial reaction is like, not that Chief was bad, and there were stretches where he was really good, but hearing eighty-one, I'm, I'm almost like, why? Don't get me wrong, I really like Chief, but it's like, why? Why is he on any list? Like, he's not that he was bad, not that he hurt the team, but like, I, I just don't. It's it's funny to hear Chief Alfarucamino mentioned as like a noteworthy MB on an NBA level. You know, I, I, that's funny because people, some people don't even know about some of the Blazers roster aside from Dame. So uh, to me, I think that that's fair. I think that, you know, like I said, a hundred people is a lot of people. So that's. Yeah. And, and I can agree with a lot of that where the Blazers don't have that much star power after Dame and CJ. I'm, I'm pretty happy with having four players on the list at all because you look at it and that's about par for the course. There's. 30 teams in the NBA, there's enough for each team to have three players and 10 teams to have a fourth. And with teams like the Golden State Warriors, who obviously have at least five on the list, uh, no-brainer there. And then you look at the Lakers, they even have their younger guys, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram are up there. So with so many teams that are so good and have so many players, for the Blazers to have four is a good sign for me because Aminu isn't you know, head and shoulders above... Mo Harkless or Evan Turner, Seth Curry. Um, right. So it's, it's kind of cool that we are still getting recognized. Obviously, uh, Blazers were a three seed last year, but it's still nice to be recognized and have four players. And like you were saying, I think Dame is pretty accurate. I think he's somewhere in that maybe 12 to 16 range. And yeah. the, the fact that he was first team is awesome. He deserved it. He worked hard. I Obviously, you can't really argue him over all the wings in the league. Um, you got Antetokounmpo, LeBron, KD, yeah. only two of them can be in all NBA first team. So obviously there's there's some other players who don't necessarily mean more to their team, but have more physical abilities and can do more. Right. Now, now if Dame was six foot eight, oh my goodness. Hey, Ooh, I'll take him. Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the Blazers showed up all right. We got Dam- uh, CJ at 33. I think that's pretty dang good. I mean, the guy's never been an all-star, and I feel like last year he dropped off a bit from the year before. Obviously, it's, it's tough regardless, but yeah, I mean, I think Dame and CJ held their own in this list. I think it's pretty accurate. I don't necessarily agree with the players above and below them, and I was looking through the list, and I, I decided I like the top 50 for the most part. I look at the top 50, and I say, yeah, I'll, I'll mix around these, but the top 50 players are pretty clear from the bottom 50 of the 100. Right. And so that that's something um, where I'll talk about now some players that I think are in the wrong places. And uh, I'll start off with one that is above Damian Lillard that I don't think should be above him. And that is at number eight, we have Chris Paul. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? I mean, I, I get it. He defends well. Ugh. He stops Dame as well as any point guard in the league. Whenever Dame's playing against Chris Paul, you never know 
how Dame's going to do, but number eight for Chris Paul. I know he gets assists, but if you think about if Damian Lillard was put in offenses like Chris Paul is put and given the responsibility he has while also having, you know, in in L.A. he had two giants underneath the basket who could dunk anything. Right. I mean, I think Dame could be getting those kind of assists if that's the role Dame had. So I don't look at Chris Paul as being better than Dame at all, and he's like seven above him. It's just a hypo- I mean, it's a hypothetical, uh, me even saying this, but if Damian Lillard was on the on the Rockets, are you kidding me? Seriously. Him and James, so I saw a statistic when I was watching regular season last year, and it was a statistic that said the the th- people to average the most threes um, from, and it was like this absurd uh, range, 25 feet yeah. to something, or I can't remember, but essentially it was it was uh, Damian Lillard, James Harden, and Steph Curry. And I think at one point, Dame was, I could be wrong, but I think he was listed as the first. Now, this was this could have been during his spree, and I think it was February or whatever, but regardless, he was like, so my point being, if you have two of those of the three guys on that list, and, and you're playing through the, the Rockets offense with all these, the ball, the ball going around and spreading the floor, Chris Paul is good, is good. But he's not a top 15 player right yeah. now. And that's yeah. no slight to him. That's just because there's 14 other crazy, crazy, relatively young guys in the league. Seriously. And for Dame, he is behind Rudy Gobert, which you can argue against it, you can argue for it. I think it's fairly reasonable for Rudy Gobert to be in the same range as Damian Lillard. Because uh, Gobert, he just does so much. He's he's the stifle tower. He affects every possession on defense. So... I think Rudy Gobert is fairly placed there, but and right I'm sorry, after you game, said what? Where was where was Gobert? At? I'm sorry to interrupt. He's at 14, one above. Dame. I don't know if I agree with that, but I'm. I, I mean, I'll take Dame over Gobert any day, but in in terms I, of I impacting a game. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, everyone. I I don't watch Gobert nearly as much as Dame. So after Dame, there's Al Horford at 16, and then Kyrie at 17. Kyrie is on the same team as Al Horford. There's no way Al Horford is more valuable than Kyrie. And I look at like the explanation for this list and what it really means, and it talks about, you know, they take injuries into perspective. But really, like, there's no way Kyrie is less valuable to the Celtics than Al Horford. Yeah, no. I Honestly, if, you, if I'm a GM, and even if I have a contending team like the Celtics, and they're saying, like, would you rather have... Because they... They didn't make it to the... I mean, they almost made it to the finals, but I don't know if they would have won against Golden State. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know about that, the Al Horford situation. If I'm a GM, I'm, I'm, I'd rather take Kyrie Irving in a suit for next year, <laughs> even though I think he's... I, I mean, he has this coming year, but then after that, I think New York might get him. Yeah. But um, I would still... Al Horford's getting old. I would still rather have Kyrie Irving in a suit for an entire season than Al Horford um, on the floor. And I'd get it the next year because Kyrie yeah. Irving's phenomenal. Yeah. In my opinion, he, aside from LeBron doing doing what he normally does, I think Kyrie won Game 7 of, uh, I can't remember the year, I'm sorry, that went to Game 7 with Yeah, 20, 2016, yeah. Yeah, I think that Kyrie pretty much won that game. Yeah, with that shot. It's a crazy shot. Biggest shot in Cleveland history. Yeah. And he and he didn't and then what happened as soon as they got the got the trophy right <laughs> like LeBron yeah so we got Jokic after Horford 
and then Carl Anthony Towns. And I definitely think both of them should be before Horford. You could even argue at least Jokic above Damian Lillard because of his triple-double threat, and he's a big man. He's a big problem to deal with. So I think he's on the same tier as Rudy Gobert. So I personally, I think I'd put Dame above both of them, but they're they're in that same tier, I think. It's just ridiculous that Jokic is very Jokic is very inconsistent, in my yeah. opinion. So here's what I have a big problem with. 20 to 30, I am not a fan of much of any of it. So at 30, we have DeMar DeRozan. You want to hear the list of people before DeMar DeRozan? I don't know if I do. At 21, his teammate LaMarcus Aldridge. What? At 22, this one could be argued, Clay Thompson. Dude's a good shooter. I'll take Clay Thompson. 23, his old teammate, Kyle Lowry. I I am. Oh, a, I think I am so tired of hearing him. I am too. About really much at all. I'm probably the biggest whole, Kyle Lowry he, hater. He did I know. not have a good season at all. Okay, so here's his stats from last season: 16.2 points per game, 5.6 rebounds, 6.9 assists. And he was an All Star, I think. Yeah, I mean it's easy when you're oh, in the East. Oh my goodness! Now the 5.6 rebounds is a little impressive because Kyle Lowry's not a big dude, so. Um, 5.6 rebounds at age 32, that's pretty good, but even so, like, compared to DeMar DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan, he can do everything Kyle Lowry does, and he's bigger and faster and stronger. Yeah. I don't know. I'll take DeRozan He's, he's the, he's, in my opinion, in my opinion, uh, aside from KD, I think he's probably my, and like Sean Livingston, I know that's kind of a random one, but he, I think he's the best mid-range shooter in the game in the NBA. Yeah, he's so, up there. I'm, but then again, I'm 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 DeRozan fan club. So I mean, what what about our our next topic, Christian? I know that we were gonna maybe talk about of all these guys. What what was it? All now? right. So for the next topic, if we could add one player to the Blazers roster to make them an instant title contender, who would you add? Now, this is no limitations here, and it it it's not practical. None of this is gonna happen. But it's if you could add LeBron, Kevin Durant. Whoever to the Blazers roster right now, who is gonna win them a championship or get them the closest? So, right, and I think I think before we dive in, I think we should probably note once again to the listener that it is the off season. So, yes, know, there's only work, but I mean we like to we like to mix it up with some of these uh, hypotheticals. But once once the regular season comes, we will be uh, strictly current events and whatnot. So yes, anyways, I'm very Christian, sorry to cut you off there. I'm very excited for the actual season with actual news to discuss. Uh, but in the meantime, yes, we will talk about one player you could add to the Blazers. So we will alternate in our rankings. So I'll say one, you'll say one, then you'll say two. We'll do it snake draft style. So yeah. at number one, I have LeBron. I think if you add LeBron to Damon CJ, LeBron can give it to the shooters on the outside. Everything's magic. I think it's hard to argue LeBron, but I would like to hear if you have a different opinion. I really, I, it's hard for me to say this now, but watching this last season with LeBron on defense sometimes taking plays off and, and Kevin Durant arguably almost getting another defensive player of the year um, and also being one of the most lethal scorers of, his, of the generation, I would probably actually say Kevin Durant. Uh, Dang. Just because, yeah, just for number one, just because, man, he's, I think he's, I think he's probably the bet just with the Blazers, with what the Blazers do. What do they need? Right I mean, now? they need a small forward. Yeah, I mean, you know, with with Kevin Durant on the Blazers, it's Golden State Warriors 2.0. I mean, we're gonna beat the Warriors if KD's not on the Warriors and he's on the Blazers. That's 
just truth. I mean, they got Steph. Dame matches up pretty well. CJ, not as big as Clay. He'll get swamped on defense sometimes. But, yeah, with KD on the Blazers, I think that's game over against the Warriors. So I can understand if it's a straight-up moving him from the Warriors to the Blazers. Um, and it's just shooters everywhere. So, I mean, I can definitely see that. I'm still going to go with LeBron, yeah. but I can see that. So who's who's your number two? My number two uh, would, would I mean would obviously probably be LeBron. Ayo, um, yep. Just I got KD just because of winning. Yeah, so I, I yeah that's that's my yeah, number it's two. MVP 1A and 1B. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't I don't really know how much more I can say about yeah. that. So at number three, I have Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis. I mean, you watch him; he can just dominate a game. So if he has that, and he's got shooters and shooters who can take over the game, give him a little bit of a break. Um, I mean, yeah. Anthony Davis, he's a monster. And if Damon CJ, I mean, you play Anthony Davis at the four and Nurkic at the five and Collins comes in and backs up either one, I think that's completely lethal. Oh, yeah, man. That's a contender. And you know what? Um, I actually had him at three nice. as well. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So, and honestly, for, for pretty much all the same reasons, you know, we need, we need uh, you know, a four or five, and you could even put uh, Collins at the four and um, – Anthony Davis at the five. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, uh, but that would just be that would just be deadly. Even Seriously. though he kind of gave it to us in the playoffs, we gotta give him some respect. Absolutely. So who do you got it for? Who do I have at four? Well, you know, um, my list was actually a little bit different. Um, I I know that we were talking about in a vacuum and whatnot, but I think that all these players that we mentioned so far are like. Man, you could put them on any team almost, yeah. and it would it would dramatically improve the team. And I think that I I just I I couldn't help myself but just like look at it through some some sort of rationality, which was like, okay, what what do we need? We got ourselves a thinker. I think we need. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, uh, what do we need? We need a three and D guy at the wing, or we need uh, an elite big man. You know, or hopefully someone who's elite at the wing, you know, that can has the three and D skills, but is you know also elite in other arenas. But that being said, I I love Porzingis when he's healthy and he's on top. I would love to see a Porzingis Nurkic front court because they are so different in how they play the game. Mm. Porzingis plays Porzingis plays above the rim. He's not necessarily the best playmaker, um, and he stretches the floor. And I think that Nurkic is you know, a better playmaker. I think that he doesn't stretch the floor um, and he doesn't really play above the rim, at least on offense. Hopefully we're going to see that change a little bit. But I think that uh, similar to Anthony Davis, I think that Porzingis, we forget he's so young. He's so young. Um, In the next season or two, he's going to develop. He's going to get healthy. I think that through some sort of, you know, not just straight up saying, okay, Kawhi Leonard or, um, you know, obviously some of these guys that are uh, just – Superstars that could make any team fantastic. I would say that just as a fit, I just would love to see Porzingis on the Blazers. Yeah, man. And you're you're getting to what are possible trades we could do. Is there any way you see us getting Porzingis without giving up Damian Lillard or giving up the reason why Porzingis would be good on our team? No, you know I think that I think that they have some free agency room uh, next. Not this. Yeah, next summer. Um, and I think that I, I think that Kyrie is going to go there, and I also think that Jimmy Butler is going to go there because uh, they're free agents, so they don't have to trade any uh, really any pieces. I think for these guys, um, as long as they have enough cap space and, and whatnot. But I I don't see, not necessarily from the Blazers side. I can totally see the Blazers saying, 
Um, we don't need we don't need CJ and maybe Zach Collins for that. And if you gave those two pieces to the Knicks with Kyrie Irving and Jimmy Butler at the three, uh, that's that's not a bad five for. Uh, but I just don't think that Porzingis. I don't think that New York would ever really want to give them up. I feel like he's from what I've seen on social media. I think the community has really embraced him there. Yeah, they, they talk about Porzingis like we talk about Dame and CJ. Well, how Neil, Neil Olshay talks about Dame and CJ, how we talk about Dame, where this is the reason why we're good, the reason why we have people still watching, you know? We have Damian, they have Porzingis. I don't think that's in their realm of possibility to trade him unless something crazy happens. So I I mean, who else do they have? Tim, They have Hardaway Jr., right? And his canter. I mean, Guy's got some personality. Ugh. <laughs> not a fan. Yeah. So, now for some possible trades. Uh, other players. So, the rest of my list I had. I had Kawhi Leonard at 4, Paul George at 5, Jimmy Butler at 6, Draymond at 7. So, of those four players, I could honestly see possibilities for trading for any of those guys. If we had any GM but Neil Olshay, I mean, you look at the Western Conference, so many players have been traded so many all-stars have been traded and signed throughout the last couple years if Neil Olshay could put something I don't think Jimmy sorry to interrupt you but I don't don't know if if Jimmy Butler is going to want to go back to a smaller market I think he's done his time in Minnesota and he's like oh my goodness Chicago was cool but I gotta find somewhere sunny like Chicago you know a little bit of a bigger city I don't think he's going to want to come to Portland uh, as a free agent next summer but the rest of the four uh, Draymond I think he's I think he's uh, thinks he's big time and probably would want to stay in a big market. And then who are the remaining ones? Kawhi and Paul George. Paul George, that's just a toss up. I, he's, I don't know what that was all about. So I think he's probably just going to stay in OKC. That was yeah. So with, I was surprised as anybody with Paul George. The only way anyone's trading for Paul George is if there's a similar situation with Blake Griffin. If they're looking at it and they have some buyer's remorse and they're like, oh man, we're stuck with this guy for all this time. I don't think it's going to tip of the scales. I don't see that happening whatsoever, but I'm just saying it, it's, it's always a possibility. It happened with Blake Griffin. I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, but if you look at Jimmy Butler and Draymond Green, so Jimmy Butler, obviously there's been talk about he's not necessarily happy with the attitude in the Timberwolves with Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, some other young guys not really taking things seriously. So there's always an open door that's creaking open, and if the Blazers can make a trade for him, say... CJ for him, you know, CJ and someone else for him and someone else, something like that. I, I say we go for it. I mean, Jimmy Butler's great. Even if we just, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much. I don't think he's, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a winner. And that he might have just be a victim of his situations that he's been in in Chicago and also in uh, Minnesota, but I just don't. Dude, I think he's a winner. I I've, I've watched him take over I think some games, I, man. I don't know if that's what we need, though, right? Like, I think that we just need. I think we just need something solid, and I don't know. Here's, here's the you had, when you had broached me about this this topic, I had thought up five people that were um, maybe not just position. It doesn't even matter what position they are; just so good that they would just you know championship elevate a team. I was thinking about just position, but still obviously stars. And so my five, the one that really really got me the worst, and still is kind of just burns a little bit is. Boogie. Yeah. That is just, oh my goodness, with the same agent thing, I'm like, what? And then I don't know if you saw, um, not to not to get off on too much of a tangent here, but... Um, Didn't he leave Anthony that Davis agent? just signed... 
Well, I, not to change the topic here too much because, you know, well, I'll get back to the boogie thing. But yeah. Anthony Davis also just signed with um, Clutch Sports. Rich Paul, same agent as LeBron James, and people are trying to say that he might go to L.A., which yeah. that would just be, you know, that's another that's a whole another topic. We can probably save that for later. But on the topic of boogie, you know, that's just that just hurts, man. What do you think about that? I mean, it's tough to tell with the Achilles injury, but there's no one more dominant than Demarcus Cousins as a big man. And we when when and we need some atti- we need some attitude in our locker seriously. room. Seriously, we need some like. And and that they tried to do the whole bad boys thing. They tried to do the whole bad boys thing last year, and it lasted for like what, like a month. Like yeah, come on, we need some we need some real some real passion in that locker room man. I mean not to, not to say that there isn't but I'm saying like the, the, of the overt type like Draymond Green and um, you know DeMarcus Cousins as much as you hate to play against them it definitely and I think Portland is a, is a place where it would might not sound too good to say but probably be encouraged to some extent yeah and I, I think that the door could be opening on Draymond, Draymond Green potentially I'm not saying it's gonna happen they're still winning their championships they got tons of tons of amazing players but with potentially conflicting attitudes Draymond Green and Boogie and with free agency coming up for Clay and eventually Draymond Green they might get open to some trades because they're not going to be able to pay all their amazing players over and over again uh, so that the door right. could be open there I'm not saying that it is um, but it's it's always an opportunity and if we can have Dame and Draymond Green and a lot of the other guys we do I mean if if we can put it together, that would be pretty... Well, I'd, I'd feel better about having Draymond on our team than any other player that we have other than Dame. Okay, that's that's uh, that's fair. Um, I just think that he gets paid a lot right now. I can't remember how much, but with, with the Warriors, and I think he's going to expect some, some money when he leaves, but he may just be kind of a glorified role player, in my opinion. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's, he hustles, he's fantastic on defense, but um, I think that when you're he's not the tallest guy for his position and you know he spots up and he'll do some stuff but I, I just don't know if he's like the you know he goes to Orlando or Atlanta or something I, I, I it's really hard for me to imagine him in a focal point role yeah yeah definitely but, yeah so you got any more so th- um, any more thoughts on I uh, mean, players we could trade for potentially um you know I think that pretty much um that pretty much covered it for me, um, what was what was our next uh, topic that we wanted to uh, discuss? Yes, so for our next segment, we would like to discuss something that I would like to talk about fairly regularly, and that's the future of the NBA. I know that's kind of all we're talking about right now, being the offseason, but this is where we discuss potential changes in the NBA and things that we might propose to the NBA that they could improve on. So tonight I want to talk about NBA expansion. So this is something you're like, oh, we're Blazers fans. Why would we want the NBA to expand? I think everyone wins in an NBA expansion. Obviously, teams like the Warriors are going to keep on winning no matter how many teams they're against. But I think in the end, there could be more parity if there's, you know, obviously it would help if there were different regulations on cap space and stuff like that so that the rich teams can't keep getting richer. But with expansion... I think that could definitely help to spread the talent out so with an expansion it would only really work if it's 32 teams or 36 teams i'm i don't understand how they had so many times there was 29 teams in the league 27 teams 25 teams i don't right it just seems like 
someone's going to get gypped somewhere if there's an odd number of teams. Like, this conference has 16 teams, and this conference has 15. That just doesn't make sense. Um, so it would definitely have to be an even number. Well, and is that really realistic, Christian, that they would do that? I'm not too familiar with the topic, so, um, I mean, I, I don't know. How often has that happened? How often has multiple teams joined? Well, just the odd number in terms of uh, an uneven uneven conference matchup. Yeah, let me look at this. I got it real quick. Actually, let me let me just look up NBA expansion. It'll bring up a big list. I just think that, not to say that I have much of a personal experience with this because I didn't grow up in Seattle or, or anything or was never a Sonics fan, but I do watch Ballers with The Rock. Great show, Sunday nights um, on HBO. Shout out to The Rock. But... Um, Essentially, spoiler alert, pause it, fast forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this part. But, you know, eventually in the series, you, uh, you know, they move the Raiders to, to Vegas or whatnot. And you kind of get to see people act uh, in a way in which uh, their hometown diehard franchise has, has left them. And it, it is kind of a bummer watching watching those scenes. I can't imagine what that'd be like if the Blazers ever uh, got moved to another town. But like you said, I feel like everybody wins an expansion. No one's losing their team. I have the list now. Modern expansion. This is every team that came in from 1980 and on. So more of the reasonable expansions, not when the league was actually just getting bigger. This is in 1980 to 1988, they had 23 teams. 88 to 89, they had 25 teams. So they jumped from odd number 23 to 25. Then they jumped from 25 to 27. Then they jumped from 27 to 29. And then they added the Bobcats, now the Hornets, and they made it to 30. So there was a lot of time. It's almost like it's intentional. Right? It's like they're like, oh, we need to add two teams at a time. But they didn't realize that they were stuck in an odd number. So... That just seems a little odd to me. Um, so somebody was always kind of getting the short stick, it sounds like. Right? So conference. I'm glad that we have an even number now. I'll take 30 teams over 31, but I'll take 32 over 30 and potentially 36 over 32. And I'll talk about 36 team same... expansion in a minute. But we'll... well, and just to play devil's just to play devil's advocate here with you, Christian, um, I mean, if you were in, hypothetically, the fifth, this 15 or 16 uh, team conference. Which would you prefer, and why? I prefer sixteen over fifteen. That's and what you're why. Saying? I prefer sixteen because, first off, I think it's fairly ridiculous the amount of teams that make it to the playoffs in the NBA. There's thirty teams in the league, and more than half of them, sixteen, make it to the playoffs. There's no other sport that's yeah. like that. You look at baseball; it's three teams and what is it two wild card and they play it out in one game so it's basically eight teams that make it to the playoffs in football it's they also have a, sorry to interrupt but they also have like a hundred and what is it how many games in a mlb season 162 and they can't figure it out by then yeah it's it's just the nfl has a really good division setup they have two conferences four divisions each four teams each division and that's a really good setup for the nba in my opinion and I'll uh, actually I'll just throw out my pitch right now. So if you have 16 teams in each division, it's nice and laid out, just like the NFL. And the first thing that it accomplishes is it has a slightly shorter schedule. If you play everyone in the other conference two times, that's 16 teams twice, 32 games. If you play everyone in your conference three times, that is... Uh, 12 other teams three times that's 36 games so that's 32 36 and then if you play everyone in your division 
four times, that is another 12 games. So add that all up, that's 80 games. Drops the season by two games. Players are happy. Players always advocate for shorter seasons, except for LeBron. He's like, oh, 82 is how it's always been. But most players want a shorter season. Adam Silver wants a shorter season. A lot of fans want a shorter season because you got players sitting for a lot of the end of the season. So a shorter season, I think, is a win-win-win. And there's still 50 extra games because you added two more teams. It goes from, what is it, 1,230 to 1,280. There's more games for the NBA to make money on. And you have two brand new teams to make all the jersey sales, all that. There's nothing but money to be made. So thank you, Austin. I'm a big fan. Good job. Of that was that was that was you just took me on a on a on a ride right there, dude. Dude, five I years was... ago I sent a proposal to the NBA. I don't know what I was doing. I think I found some website that said, Yeah, you can send us your suggestions. Probably meant like you guys should have better toilet paper or something like that. But I took it as I'm gonna send you an email with all my thoughts on NBA expansion. So I laid that out for them. Well, so obviously, obviously, we're both gonna agree that Seattle needs a franchise back. Uh, can can we agree on that? Yes, thank you. So then, so then, well, you know, we've been, we spent a little bit of time on this topic. So, asking you, what would be the other? What would be the other East uh, East Coast uh, East Conference um, franchise? Well, thank what you for asking, you, Austin. I did a lot of research on this this morning, and. <laughs> So, here's what I did to start my research. I looked up the top metro areas in the United States of America. And then I singled out the ones that already have franchises, and I put a list of the largest metro areas with no NBA team. First is Riverside, San Bernardino, Ontario. Basically LA, they already got a team. I'm California, not California doesn't need anything, anything of any sort. Exactly. Next, number two with no NBA team, Seattle, Tacoma, Bellevue. It is set in stone. They need an NBA team. They're the number two that doesn't have one. Seattle wants one like crazy. Do you think? Do you think it's gonna happen? How? Do you think it's? If you think it's gonna happen in our lifetime, how soon do you think it'll happen? Oh, it's gonna happen in our lifetime. I'm expecting. How? How soon? I'm expecting within seven years. I'm saying that I want it to happen within wow. two years. I think it'll hap- I think the NBA is so not as serious years, about it. That? Hopefully they listen to this podcast and they decide to put their ducks in a row. But yeah. So I th- 2025? Yes, by 2025 there will be a team in Seattle. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's let's we'll dig back in these artifacts there. Absolutely. Uh, put a stamp on it. Hopefully. I, so, hopefully I have more money. Yeah. So that was the number 2. So Here's what I did. I underlined the top 10, and I bolded the ones that I think would work. Because number three is San Diego. San Diego could get a team. I prefer the Clippers go back to San Diego. If it's a 36-team uh, expansion, you add six more teams, sure, give one to San Diego. Um, yeah, LA, 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 I've never been a fan of uh, LA and the Clippers sharing the Staples Center, but yeah, sorry right. to interrupt. San Diego is a beautiful place. Give them a team. Uh Right. Next is Tampa Bay. I looked it up. It's about an hour drive from uh, from Orlando, so there's no reason to add another yeah. team there. Baltimore, same thing, one hour from D.C. St. Louis, it's about four hours from Indianapolis and Chicago. St. Louis is a good one, but I'm going to argue. They just, and they just lost uh, their, their NFL franchise, too, so there's probably a little bit of a void there. They sure did, but I, I will discuss that in just one second. So... Seventh is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's super close to Cleveland, pretty close to Philadelphia. I'd put them up there, but not if it's just a two-team expansion. 
I think the big one, the next one, is Las Vegas. Dude, they're they're far away from everything. They're four hours from L.A., four hours from Phoenix. It's and I'm saying this. It's Google Maps telling me how far things are from each other. I'm just saying there's plenty of fan base there. You're going to have the people who live there. You're going to have tourists. You're going to have all of Nevada. You're going to have some of Eastern California. You're going to have a lot of fans if you're a Las Vegas team. And uh, obviously it's growing with the Golden Knights, man, they killed. And then the Raiders are going to be going there. So Las Vegas so, is primed for an NBA franchise. So then what I'm, what my caveat or question, follow-up question to that would be, would be um, they would be in the West if we retained East versus West conferences. So am I hearing you suggest, my friend, that we uh, rid ourselves of conferences and, and just do a seating as popular popularly suggested wow that was a well (laughs) as far as divisions it gets kind of tough i've thought it through a lot i'm like oh we could do a midwest conference and we could do a southwest conference and a pacific conference that kind of thing it gets kind of tricky with the four each that's why i still have a 36 team proposal because i think that works super well with my projected cities that you add um so the last city that i think they should add is kansas city that's why i'm I'm not the biggest fan of St. Louis because it's kind of closer to the other cities. Kansas City is five hours from the nearest uh, other team, which is Oklahoma City. So at Kansas City, you'll get fans from Missouri and Kansas. And yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll get a lot of fans in Kansas City. Uh, how many, how many uh, in comparison, not, not that I disagree, but um, if, if we had to pick two places, I, I can't see that beating uh, Seattle or Las Vegas just because there's no other place like those two places. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Uh, so... Based on based on that list that I have, I have my list of my analysis, and that is the number one city should be Seattle. Number two is Las Vegas. Number three, give Vancouver, BC back the Grizzlies. Uh, number four is that San Diego. Would, that would be super sweet. Right? Uh, fourth is San Diego. So let's do a double relocation. Let's get Vancouver a team, get San Diego the Clippers back. Uh, and then five is Kansas City. Six could be St. Louis, Pittsburgh, or Louisville. And this is the thing, is the NBA keeps talking about Louisville. They're like, oh, Louisville needs a team. They have a good basketball base. Dude, they're close to everything. They're two hours from D.C. They're close to, I don't know, they're close to Indianapolis. They're close to Cleveland, relatively close. They're close to Memphis. Um, I just, I you look at it, Louisville is number 45 on the list of top metro areas in America compared to Las Vegas, which is number 28, Seattle, which is number 15, Kansas City, number 30. Um, they only have 1.2 million people in the Louisville metro area. So I just I don't see it being as beneficial to the league. If you're doing a 16 expansion, I, sure, throw in Louisville. And I, and I think that no matter no matter what you do in that in that region, you're you're never gonna. And no matter how much they decline, you're never gonna outbeat outbeat the uh, Cardinals, I believe. Uh, Right? Isn't that uh, Louisville? Louisville uh, yeah. Cardinals? Yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 like trying to beat Iowa football or something or, you know, that Midwest football or, or Penn football. You know, that's just – that's – I don't know if any markets – it's a religion. That's Notre Dame football, you know. Yeah, I just that's the that's that's the tier that Louisville basketball's on, uh, from what my understanding is. Yeah, there's there's no way that Louisville is going to be that much better than Las Vegas. Las Vegas is going to kill as an NBA franchise. So, two team expansion. Well, give me Seattle and Las Vegas, maybe Vancouver instead of Las Vegas. 
I, I agree, and I think Vancouver's a sweet one right there. And, you know, we did take up a little bit of time here with this topic. Did, did we have one more? Uh, not that I know of. I, I just, I brought up to you before, I was messing around on NBA Trade Machine, as I often do, and I stumbled upon Mr. Clay Thompson for C.J. McCollum, and NBA Trade Machine says that Golden State improves by one game with C.J. McCollum instead of Clay Thompson and Quinn Cook. They lose Quinn Cook, too. And that's what NBA mm. Trade Machine says. I will take Clay Thompson. Mm. I don't know if you're a big fan of Clay Thompson. I don't think the Warriors in the right mind would trade Clay Thompson. But what are your thoughts on that? I don't, I don't know if he would want to come to Portland. Um, as much as I love Portland, it's just in terms of players. Um, I think it's I think it's odd that they gave them an additional game without Clay Thompson because a lot of uh, analysts seem to regard him as a more elite shooting guard from what I saw on halftime shows and uh, just random ESPN television. It's it's pretty widely, not that I agree with it, I think Clay's great and I think that he's obviously a winner. I don't know if you can really give him that, that much credit for that, but I think he's phenomenal on defense, but um, you know, CJ's great too. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of indi- I'm kind of indifferent on that one. Sorry, that was kind of a milk toast uh, stance, but I'm I'm sort of indifferent on, on that one. Yeah, I mean Clay's better at defense, and he's a better you know catch and shoot guy, and better three point percentages across the board is my understanding. So I don't see it, but the only way CJ is a six man. You yeah. know what? If CJ was a six man, that would actually be. I mean, he'd kill as a six man. Nice for he, them. The only way he's better than Clay is if he has the ball in his hands, and I don't really see that happening with the Warriors. But you know, if he's the six man who's playing for Clay in the starting lineup, I just, I mean, you could put in Iggy, but I just don't see it really being an improvement for them. But yeah, I mean, I, I hope they lose Clay and or Draymond in the next couple years, and they're not the crazy good Warriors that they've been the last five years. Absolutely. Well, man, I guess uh, we should probably get ready to wrap up. Uh, some of my closing thoughts is uh, Damian Lillard, if you haven't seen, if you go on Instagram, he had a really great barbecue. It's like for multiple years in a row now that he's yeah, run this barbecue for, yeah, in Brookfield. So that was really cool. Check that out on Instagram. Other than that, I don't know how much really happened this week specifically pertaining to the Blazers. So uh, once again, apologies, guys, if this is just a little bit too broad and conceptual at the moment. We will be getting more into uh, stuff as the season goes and uh, really break down some stuff, hopefully have some guests on and and all that jazz. So anything you want to say here, Christian, before we uh, sign off? I just want to say I will gladly go mad scientist on NBA expansion if anyone wants to hear about it. Got my proposal for the 36-team league if you got some questions. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm... I'm excited to talk about other future NBA plans, but I'm also very excited to talk about the Blazers and the actual regular season with actual games, including, I think I might be going to the home opener, which is going to be ridiculous. But <laughs> Beautiful. You're spending, spending half your life savings for 300 level C? Exactly. I need, to, I need to go drive for Lyft more <laughs> so I can actually make some money so that I can actually spend it all on watching LeBron there James you go, man. hopefully lose to the Blazers. Yeah. That's an that's an experience. Even if it's in the three hundred level, man. I mean, you can say I watched one. Do you, I mean it's it's historical this move that LeBron made to LA. Not to dive into something before we sign off, but it's historical what he's done. So in twenty years, uh, I can see my kid or kids asking me, "What was it like when he, you know, 
what was it like watching LeBron James and I, I being able to say, oh, I went and saw him in his first ever game as a Laker. That's yeah. that's pretty that's pretty nuts, dude. That, that, so yeah. congrats to you. Ho- hopefully it works out. We'll see. My my cousin wants to come out. Shout out to you, Dylan. He wants to come out and go see it. So hopefully it works out. All right. Well, so everybody, that's that's going to be it here for our second episode. If you uh, lasted here to the 45-minute uh, or so mark, we appreciate it. Um, so shout out to Blazer Tag. They actually had us uh, had my me my myself. Christian was on uh, last week or so. Uh, I had my part two as a guest appearance. We were split uh, on there. Um, so if you want to go ahead and give them a listen, Blazer Tag PDX on Twitter. Go check them out. And like I said, this is our second episode, so thank you for rocking with us. And uh, Christian, did you have any uh, last things you wanted to say? That's all I got. Thank you all for listening to episode two of the Peeps and Plaid podcast. Let us know your thoughts, if you agree or disagree, or if there's any topics you want our opinions on. We'll see you soon for episode three, but here's a new song from Ziggy Zay named Super Saiyan. Check him out. I'm going Super Saiyan. Achieve a high that I ain't never seen in life. You see, I'm elevated. Told me that I never make it, that, that I was done in. Then my mind accelerated. Yeah, I see I'm underrated, but I never stated or debated. I'm the greatest, but the greatest me that I can be. I'm trying to put the whole crowd on the edge of their seats. But I put a little bounce on the edge of the beast. Uh, I ain't really about the green, no piccolo. Sleep out like a light, no sycamore. Stay away from the devil, he a teaser. But if you get close, I'ma have to go Vegeta. Yeah, normally I'm cooler than a freezer, but now I'm on 10, so there's fun to be a breeze, sir. I got the dry, so they giving me the keys. Taking juice to school just so they can pay the fees. Pray and meditate, only way on my knees. Used to think I'm sick, now I really got the so I got playing how I'm doing this with ease Yeah, sounds nice, I ain't here to appease I'm sailing the seas, I'm wavy, pessimist daisies No bragging, just refuse to be lazy No lagging, the connection is crazy Yeah, I do this as a hobby, but I spit like they pay me Yeah, yeah, yeah.